0: At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. And we know that it can get a little weird when things just don't work together. That's why Farmers lets you bundle your home and auto insurance together. And doesn't that sound nice? Bundle with Farmers today and you could save an average of 20% too. Talk about music to your ears. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. bum, bum, bum,
1: bum, bum, bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers, truck fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
2: And welcome back to Glee on the Rocks. I'm Mav. I'm Emily. And I'm Mandy. And we're glad to have you back. We are doing a double feature today and covering episodes seven and eight: uh, Throwdown and Mashup. Consider this your own kind of podcast mashup. But bum. Uh So Throwdown is uh, the seventh episode and it premiered on October 14th, 2009. Uh, Quick summary. To cause dissent amongst the Glee Club, new co-director Sue Sylvester forces the students to compete against each other. But the real showdown happens when she and Will get called into Principal Figgins' office. Meanwhile, kids rally to support Quinn after some shocking news is revealed, and Terry must deal with Will's desire to see their unborn baby. Although, PS, she's not pregnant. Directed by Ryan Murphy, and it was written by Brad Falchuk, and received, uh, it was watched by 7.6 million U.S. viewers, and received sort of mixed reviews from critics. And then episode eight, which is Mashup, uh, premiered October 21st in 2009. Uh, Quick summary, Will is approached by Emma and Ken to mash up two songs together for their wedding and to teach Emma how to dance, because that totally makes sense. However, Ken begins to have trust issues with Will around Emma, and subsequently forces the guys on the football team to choice between glee club or football. Meanwhile, Finn and Quinn's popularity suffers. After getting dethroned by David Karofsky, and struggle to get it back, while Puck and Rachel begin an unexpected relationship that quickly hits a speed bump. The episode was directed by Elodie Keane and was written by Ian Brennan and was watched by 7.2 million US viewers. So it kind of gives you a background of where we're at right now. How do you guys feel about
3: these two episodes? Uh, you know, I feel like we're approaching the middle of a season and they're, I don't know, it feels like we're lagging a little bit that we've got things that we are already trying to get rid of like uh, Emma and Ken's grossly fake relationship. Uh, just trying to like power through a wedding that we all know isn't going to happen. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Which
1: is a theme monthly weddings Which that aren't going to happen.
3: Things that aren't going to happen. And we just spend a lot of time going nowhere.
1: Yeah, they, these two episodes somehow manage to feel repetitive, even though it's still really early on in the series.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I don't, you know, we have the problem of that we have seen this before, so we're not coming in cold, and that we do know when, you know, we do know what happens five years from now, but at the same time, I haven't seen season one in years, and it still feels like, didn't we just go over this two episodes ago? Because we did. Yeah. That's
2: because I don't think they really build on the characterization so much as just rehash the characterization like you're you're not getting a a thorough line a thorough a a thorough you're not getting a consistent (laughs) building that that word was hard um you know so you're just you're seeing the same things you're not seeing um as much as i hate shu and emma you're not really seeing like them moving forward So much is just continually flirting and going around and around and around. So I I think that's part of why, even though we've, even though we do know what happens later, even though, you know, we haven't seen this for a while, we do feel like our wheels are spinning. As you were saying, we're plots are being reused. Characterization is being,
1: is spinning. um, And we're just not, we're not moving. That could have been okay if they'd been taking these episodes to build good characterization. But instead, they're focusing on the same three people and the same plot. Instead of like, oh, maybe, you know, not much is happening to progress like the pregnancy storyline. But hey, we just learned a lot about Artie. Instead, we know nothing about Artie. We've just had like the same information given to us over and over again about the same
3: two love triangles. Yeah. We don't know more about Mercedes. We don't know more about Kurt. We don't know more about, uh, Matt Rutherford. We don't know more about anybody, but, you know, we've seen Rachel and, uh, and Finn have their back and forth in the hallway a couple times now.
2: I would even argue that what we get to see of the same four people is the exact same thing. So, Legos. I'm not even getting to see more of finn or more of rachel i'm seeing the same things of them so it's like i've seen this like show me show me more of who they are like what what else besides think, these these five things
1: i think the only character who seems to be progressing emotionally in any kind of way is actually quinn Mm-hmm. because yeah. she's she actually has like realistic responses to someone in her situation and i liked that um she was very assertive with Finn, which i feel like she went from being really emotional and angry to being kind of like problem solving about it and finding terry to now she's like being firm with Finn, like i'm giving this baby up stop trying to name it things like that um she's the only one who has any kind of like development that seems to be going toward a specific place. Yeah. Even if, even if it doesn't quite get there in the end.
3: Yeah, I mean at least they're they're trying with her because she has a real world problem being a, a teenager who is pregnant and not knowing what yeah. to do about it. It's, it's like a real world problem that happens everywhere unfortunately and uh even if it's still crazy and bizarre trying to do some sort of baby swap at least her, the things she's worried about are things that teenage girls would be worried about with everyone finding out and what are her parents gonna do to her and what is she gonna do when she starts to show and how is it gonna affect her day-to-day life? And you know, teenagers don't really look too far down the road. So her big concerns being her, her cheerleading career and the end of high school are, that's it's real that's how that's how far down the road they are going to be worried
2: it's if this was a better show i i would go so far as to say uh perhaps quinn's characterization or you know how we see her progress and handle things more than anybody else is uh basically a symptom or uh, or a, a result of her having to deal with real life problems and she's learned to how you like i can deal with this because of having to deal with that so your characterization as a result of this other stuff that she's dealing with this isn't that show
0: so i'm not gonna fucking
2: go there because then i because your the adults would also have to be you know fully characterized but i do think it is an interesting um coincidence i guess or as it is that the one character that might have a more nuanced response and to being able to see more of her is the one that's dealing with the most shit. There might, they, yeah. they may actually have something there, but I'm not, I'm not going to go so far as to say that was them. On purpose, anyway.
3: Yeah, it's not like in season five, she's like, this happened and remember when I was pregnant so I know how to deal with stress.
1: <laughs> yeah. In fact, she, uh, she, she kind of is show? like um, in season five, I don't know. Yeah. Oops. is that the season she shows up to sleep with santana and leaves again no that's season four isn't it
3: four who knows i don't know i
1: i did this is this is my memory for later glee episodes
3: <laughs> oh god i forgot about her and I, santana. I, I, shit I came
1: back to sleep with santana <laughs> um
0: okay, which is so another
1: thing i i would absolutely have loved if they had had the foresight to know what they were going to do with santana later and have actually in the background had a like Really belligerent, closeted character. Like if they exceeded yeah. that at all in season one, that would have been interesting. I would have liked to have seen Santana before, you know, dealing with stuff. But yeah. Instead, they just randomly decide later on, hey, lesbian. Well, they ran out of
2: surprise the gay
3: storylines for Kurt and Blaine, so they had to move on to somebody else.
1: Yeah. Everybody loves surprise lesbianism. What can we say? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I do enjoy surprise lesbianism, but also I enjoy pre-planned lesbianism, too. Yes.
3: It just we would have made for better lesbians. lesbian storytelling.
1: Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> this this episode of Glee on the Rocks brought to you by Better Storylines for Lesbianism. Yes.
1: <laughs> I'm always here for that.
3: That's a media-wide <laughs> concern. That's not just a yeah. Glee problem.
2: No. No, no
1: was the Santana Brittany relationship because they got criticism for queer baiting with them? I don't know much about Britney and Santana. I feel like I we mean, should it get wouldn't like, a Britanna fan on here at some point to
3: to talk I about that history. A, a that. Get a get a Britannia stand up here and yeah. uh, explain all the stuff that I wasn't paying attention to.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, all the stuff that I, I wasn't quite paying attention to, but was like I'm I'm happy for you. However, we can only have so many, uh, you know, gay relationship uh, moments in a in a, in an episode because of Fox. So damn it, you got one. We're getting we don't get one this episode. So damn. yeah, I would like to now have a more nuanced, uh, you know, explanation of the relationship now.
3: I mean, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if that was the writing room trajectory is like, well, we're getting shit on one side for not doing it. And there are fans on the other side doing it for us anyway. Mm -hmm. Although I, that one's hard for me to say that like Murphy saw that there was fan interest in Britannia because I feel like as soon as he hears fan commentary on either end, he does the opposite.
2: Yeah. It's like, we really
3: enjoy Lane having a really great relationship, and he's like, "Ah, fuck you guys." Guess what? Anyway, those are like later season problems, but yeah, it doesn't feel like we're seeing any any background moments of Santana and Brittany yet. But
1: yeah, I, I don't, I don't
2: think honestly, it's I haven't been later. looking
3: for them anyway. Yeah,
2: I, I, I pulled up a quick, um, a quick thing, and um, pretty a quick thing. I pulled up the Glee wiki, which. Is so useful.
3: Um, yeah. Thanks guys. Whoever runs that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're super, you You guys have been super helpful. Uh, pretty sure it's season two when it starts to become a, a more of a overt thing. And in season one, there is some stuff where it's like, you can see them sitting together and you know, the, Britney makes this face when Santana says something. So it looks like, okay, you can go back and read into stuff, but I don't know that there's anything in season one mm-hmm. that, um, other than their pinky linking, mm-hmm. which oh, I think right. happens in later, later episodes. Um, so I guess that's what, yeah, like you, I think you could, that, I think you can kind of read either way. And going back, you can go, ah, yeah, so that means this now that we mm-hmm. know now but um, again this is this is me literally coming up with this after looking at a Wikipedia page would love to have a Britana Britannia shipper uh, giving a little bit more info on that <laughs> So if that's you let us know
3: <laughs> if you're <laughs> the Britannia shipper
2: <laughs> yes if that if that shipper is you all right so from from talking about Quinn which you know I enjoyed in these episodes to to the person I hate the most. Oh, I don't even love to. Hate I have a sidebar about Quinn. Oh, okay. Yes, please. Anything to <laughs> distract me.
3: <laughs> it's not so much a sidebar, but it's more of like her performance of Set Me Free. Isn't that what it's, I think it's called Set Me Free. No, it's called Keep Me Hanging On. You Keep
2: Me Hanging On.
3: You Keep Me Hanging mm-hmm. On. Um, is one of one of the like inner feeling songs that we really start to see more of down the line. It's like a musical theater song, you know, where it It sort of propels Mm -hmm. the plot but really is just for like the person to tell the audience how they're feeling
1: yeah Mm -hmm. because a
3: lot of it doesn't you see it but it's is it is it happening is it not happening that kind of thing and it just it was interesting that at this stage in the show it's quinn who gets one of those songs where they're generally reserved for like the main characters and that is not her down the line
2: Which, by the way, I really liked her song. It's one of the few I have from season one that I, like, bought on iTunes. Mm. And uh, the Wall Street Journal says that it is thin and jarring. And uh, let's see. uh, uh, Raymond Flanders, I Will Fight You. I fucking (laughs) like that song. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Another invitation for someone to be on the podcast slash fight Mav in person. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Wall Street Journal guy, if you're still working there, it's time.
1: If you would like to defend
2: your position on this, you don't know where to find me, but I am on the <laughs> internet.
3: Mm. Follow us. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I just had like a, th- a thought about that song all of a sudden.
2: No, I mean I have it in my notes that it's it's really good, and I love the song. So sidebar into Quinn having a great song. I'm I'm happy to talk on that.
3: All right, continue. Go on. Go on with your. our our topic go on with my
2: rant (laughs) (laughs) okay so so from characters and songs that i appreciated to the character i hate and will (laughs) continue to hate and don't love to hate i just i just hate um god damn it shu like both episodes terrible and and for i mean continually same reasons um I enjoy seeing him and Sue fight, partly in, in a weird way, partly because it's just to me it's like, oh it's just highlighting how terrible Shu is. Um, but okay, so I'm pulling my notes back up. So um, he is big thing, I guess for me, uh, failing kids, yeah, just to get back at Sue. like
3: fucking bullshit.
2: How old are you? And you're failing fifteen-year-olds because you you're not emotionally more mature than a ten-year-old. What the fuck is wrong with you? I don't care if they weren't supposed to pass anyway, and I question your ability to grade anybody in Spanish. But like literally setting that aside, uh, clearly you had been passing them, and it's not this newfound thought on hey we're gonna we're gonna promote. You know, better education and better standards. No, you just want to fuck with Sue, so you're just going to you know, fail a bunch of girls. Yeah, that's you know, clear, indicative of a man with a lot of problems. Not what I would consider a a stable and sympathetic character.
3: Yeah, especially because earlier he had had this whole thing about we're supposed to be here for the students, and then cut to him uh, aggressively failing a bunch of kids out of spite but
2: not those we're here for finn and rachel
3: we're here for finn and rachel and uh occasionally i mean it may
1: actually be better for the kids that shu didn't like them because when he likes someone he just plants drugs in your locker (laughs) when he doesn't like you all you get is a fail
3: that's true a fail versus a felony
1: yeah i mean yeah speaking of felonies (laughs)
2: He's uh,
1: also <laughs> really inappropriate with some of his female students, which yeah. I, I, I just feel like I want to add that to the general shoe hate pile. Oh, please uh, do! Definitely starts to like make eyes and like holds Quinn's face while he's singing about wanting to like sex someone up.
3: Yeah, "Bust a Move" is not a, an appropriate song for a bunch of yeah. teenagers. Especially because, like, he, he starts doing it by taking his shirt off. He doesn't mm-hmm. even, like, it, it's not I'm just going to perform in front of my students. It's let me take my shirt off before I do. Yeah, that's which...
1: uncomfortable.
3: A little... It's
2: also strange to me that, like, Finn and uh, Finn and Puck turn it down. So clearly the only, the only guy that could sing this song
1: is Will. We have no other male members. None. <laughs> I, I mean, like... kind of. Excuse you. Kind of a theme of the episode is that Sue only cares about the white people in his club. So yeah,
2: he might have yeah. actually forgotten <laughs> the yeah. white able-bodied people.
3: Those are those. Yeah, are his which,
2: people. which speaking of like Sue's kids, which you know she creates as as a her her minority group as a way to splinter uh, the Glee club. Like on one hand, I know you're supposed to sit here and go, "How dare she splinter the Glee Club?" Meanwhile, I'm sitting here going, "No, like legit, he's not giving anybody anything. So why wouldn't you like create a a group for everybody else?" Like, well, nah, I, the- I'm rooting for maybe a, maybe a rebrand. I think the name's kind of bad, but like, I'm good with this.
3: It's such an obvious thing that. Shu is doing that. Even Sue can pick it out and immediately go for that problem. It, it, it's not like yeah. she was, it, yeah, she didn't split them up, girls and boys. She didn't split them up, juniors and sophomores. It was like, oh, she could tell immediately that he's been underutilizing certain members of the group, and she used that to her advantage. Yeah,
2: now there's like there's yeah.
3: a more interesting discussion that we had in the episode about like why certain members of the group generally don't get called on to do solos but uh, it's glee
1: so that conversation doesn't really happen no but yeah the, the people that sue pulled apart are coincidentally the ones i would really like to have just seen a show focused on
3: yeah the actual underdogs
1: <laughs> yeah
2: and then when um like sue get, uh, or Shu gets upset about it uh her splitting the Glee club. He comes in with a song, and what does he do? He gives it to Finn and Rachel. Like yeah. you're not, you're you're really not getting the point, are you, dude?
3: Couldn't even hand it to anybody else. You're even not even your leftovers. Just went right to. You try, you're
2: not even trying.
3: Didn't even try.
2: Nope, nope, nope. So, so fuck you, man. You're just you're you're a lost. You're a lost cause. I'm not even gonna try.
3: What's well, uh uh Terry's sister who just yelled into the phone? I hate you, Will. <laughs>
2: yes. <Yeah. laughs>
3: like yes, yes. Thank you. Uh,
2: my sister, sp- my me. my my characterization on the show as her sister. Mm-hmm.
3: To be fair, though, that second episode or no, the first episode, episode seven did give us the ride with me, the the group yeah. jam. Mm-hmm. It that was, that, it. that is so. And and I like rightly so, well loved. It's so nice and so like gentle and sweet.
1: One of the first things and... in this entire like podcast run that I've actually watched and immediately just like backtracked and watched a second time. Mm. Just cause I like, I don't know, that that's one of those moments where I'm like, damn, I do still like Glee once in a very long while.
3: <laughs> God damn it, Interestingly. You got
1: me. Interestingly.
2: The, uh, so my fun fact: uh, that was actually something that happened, but some, behind the scenes, as they were like waiting in between, you know, scenes to be shot. And Ryan liked it so much, he put it in the show. So but I'm not, not saying a Glee's not the documentary, but
3: <laughs> backstage was things Ryan, end up on screen.
1: What? Yeah. What? <laughs> no, I'm sure that never but, happened again after this episode. Yep.
3: No, never. No, this
2: is the only time. Only time Ryan ever did that. Um, but now I think it's. I think it just kind of showcases that uh, something that I think a lot of us have felt, especially in later seasons, that um, what really carried this show were the actors and the chemistry between them, um, and what they were able to do more so than the writing. Because I feel like this was you were you were literally seeing just a bunch of younger kids i mean some of them are in their 20s but still just kind of like hanging out singing a ridiculous song and being silly that's very much how an actual glee club would have been and it's very sweet and that's yeah it's like that i think that's why this this particular moment stands out is because it's because ryan didn't write it (laughs)
3: yeah why? it actually looked like they were having fun and liked each other how about that interesting interesting yeah Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was, that,
2: that, that's my fun fact for uh, for episode seven. I have another oh. fun fact for episode,
3: I'll eventually facts. get there. Facts all around.
2: Facts all around.
3: It, uh, I, should make a, I should
2: make a noise for fun facts.
3: <laughs> a little, like, gong in the background. Fun, a... fun facts. <laughs> fun facts. I don't know. So a, a weird thing that I am probably overthinking, which is never a thing that I've done in my life, but no, uh, neither myself. Did either of you feel like there was like a weird tinge of like a men's rights activist thing going with Will when he does this whole thing about or not Will, um, Finn after Quinn's uh, ultrasound? When yeah. it's like all the stress and the worry and none of the control and feeling like, I don't know, it just was like a weird tinge of what about the dads? thing happening in that episode that was really bothering yeah. me
1: which no thanks
3: no, no. thanks because then Will goes off to Terry and does some shit and you're like I just none of this feels right yeah, all of this I, feels a little like what about the men like I don't care about you
1: the, the bit where he's like even though you're pregnant it's still your responsibility to get yeah. dinner Like technically that was responding to something she said but also still kind of fuck you
3: yeah just it just tasted like bullshit, yeah. And I didn't need it in this episode or ever, especially like when an it's... all
1: male writer's room,
3: yeah, coming from an all male all male writer's room. and then it kind of like goes right into the scene with um I always get his name wrong, Jacob Ben Israel being a disgusting person who should really never be yeah. allowed into school ever again. They just like kind you of know. followed each other, and I was like, "None of this is good. I, I hate all of this."
2: And it, and it just reminds me. I know I've got on. I've gone on this this high horse about toxic masculinity and the idea that like, haha, this nerd can't get a girl, so he literally has to blackmail her for panties. Isn't that funny? That's not yeah. funny. That's gross and that's sexual assault. Mm. Yeah. No. And
3: do not. I've- when he says the line, like, I feel the urge to kiss you right now, I'm just gonna go for it, like, oh, go fuck yourself.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, no, do not that's how we're fired. And it, no. it is frustrating that they showed that so casually and played it for laughs. When yeah. that, that One of those moments Glee could have been a teaching show. Like, show Rachel, like, granted, no one in that school is gonna give a shit. Yeah. Uh, show her going to her dad's or something. Like, show some kind of moral message that's beyond like haha! you're gross
3: yeah yeah like yeah, can you at least get be- suspended well, for a day home,
1: but no yeah. it's, you're, not,
2: you're, not, you're not hitting home how, how terrible that is
3: yeah it's just disturbing <laughs> and like people were around in the hallways hearing that as well Yeah, and yeah they, they, it's never it is played for laughs and there's never like a teacher going up to that kid like hey you're being suspended for being a sexual harasser
1: but this is the same show yeah. that, like, fired Ryerson in the first episode for, like, feeling up teenage boys and then just casually had him back.
3: Yeah, right.
1: On the Such premises, various times.
3: going to take no, a hard it's, pass it's, on it's, all of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that Jacob Ben Israel said, yeah, will always be an issue for me just because it's never, it's never used as a teaching moment. As you said, it's always just a haha laugh moment.
1: So... You could do the, you could do something with this, but you're just going to not. I mean, yeah. another theme of the entire, like, I was going to say episode, but series, really. I mean, they could have done something with the minority message. Instead, it just goes back to immediately, like, Shu giving Finn and Rachel the solos, like, the lead mm-hmm. roles. Yeah. Um, there's no teaching moment there. The uh, I mean, nothing Shu does is viewed as, like, Shu is the bad guy, despite how inappropriate he's being.
3: Yeah. I was going to say something else that like kind of struck me when he was grading the papers and then choosing to fail all of the cheerleaders. There actually is like an interesting topic to talk about with the struggle of academia and sports in schools and how sports can often be put above academics in schools because it brings in more alumni money when mm-hmm. schools are underfunded and it's like a whole thing that happens and there's there's like an interesting thing to talk about with, you know, maybe Finn is on the football team because he needs the scholarship, because he doesn't go to class, etc. Or Quinn needing the thing, needing um the cheerleading squad for an academic scholarship and all that kind of shit. Or how Sue gets paid, just a number of things that actually occur in high schools. And it's it's not spoken of again, at least that I can remember. I think there's something with a scholarship later on down the line with with Finn with football but honestly don't remember
2: i thought that had something more to do with college
3: yeah yeah but i mean it's still that like it's still that sports get placed above Mm -hmm. scholarship in a school where you could actually just be there to study and go fuck yourself with your sports but
2: yeah yeah i mean
3: yeah like i said there's
2: there is a whole argument that could go into there but you know that's nuanced and difficult
3: it's just another thing that like they kind of like tease and then don't actually do anything about.
2: So very true. On my on my notes, I also have um, what the fucks thong song. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that into along with. There's a whole list of things that people get away with or um, or that shoos should get in trouble for. Singing thong song is one of them. Yeah.
3: I mean, at least students weren't present
1: true i mean he was only basically cheating on his wife that's you know secondary to doing it in front of students which it sounds like i'm being sarcastic but i do really mean like at least he wasn't doing it in front of students yeah
3: yeah, yeah. at least it was only a <laughs> like,
2: i mean but i i mean yes i totally agree with you mandy like considering how this show is i'm kind of surprised it wasn't in front of students but at the same time, I did have to see it with my eyeballs. So I'm still just really upset.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be honest. When that started, I I sort of just checked out for a while until the song was over. <laughs> I was like, oh, is this still but going? Mentally- no. Come on. But th-
2: these are things I never need to hear, hear anybody sing.
3: Kind of kept glancing up hard. at the TV like, still singing this? All right.
2: Why does this song feel like it's twenty minutes long
3: i also I also checked out a bit during um Shu and Emma's dance, even though her song was lovely, like she it, it sounded lovely. Mm-hmm. I just didn't I didn't care,
2: yeah, because
3: I, like, we already know she's not going to get married to Ken, and if you're watching the show for the first time, you still know she's not going to get married to Ken. You just don't know how long it's going to take which isn't very long. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, but no, If if, even if you've seen it for the first time, you know TV shows well enough to know, ah, yes, that's not happening. (laughs) Something's going to happen here. Don't know
1: how or why. And it's still being framed, like this is so repetitive because I know I've said this like a couple of other times. It's still being framed as though we're supposed to find Shu and Emma like super romantic when the truth is he is emotionally cheating on his, as far as he knows, pregnant wife. Yeah. And now the only twist is no with an engaged woman. Like yeah, yay infidelity on two right? counts. Not only that, he's he's seen
2: a, um, he's seen an ultrasound. So technically, like, he, as far as he's aware, he has proof. Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote. Like, okay. You're, you're, I don't understand how Will Schuster... As a character, is supposed to be seen as a sympathetic character. I know, I know, I harp on them a lot, but like, I, I, only, only in like a male writing room, I guess, can I, can I, can that happen? But it's like, look at everything, and you're telling me this is supposed to be a sympathetic character. Not only that, but fun fact: uh, episode eight uh, mashup, uh, Matt Morrison turned it into uh, the Emmys for. Uh, as a lead actor in a comedy series, so not only are we supposed to be sympathetic, he's supposed to be the lead actor quote unquote for the show one you're not and two
1: you're you're not so i don't i don't i don't understand at all i mean, I, I believe at this point they were trying to position him as like the lead character. Um, If they were thinking ahead, it may be because they planned on transitioning the Glee club to like a different set of kids after the end of season three. And they wanted us to care about the adults so that we kept watching.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, we're seven, eight episodes in and the adults are still the main characters. They're still the ones who have the most screen time and the most story to tell. Even if, you know, even though we don't like it, They're still definitely portrayed as the lead characters, which is. Then I would would argue
2: they should have given the adults better storylines and gotten better actors. I mean,
1: yeah.
3: Yeah. It's just hard though, because you're like, you know, the show is about a glee club. And to us, it seems so obvious that it's about the students. And it's like it took them a while to figure out the same thing, that they just kept going, it's about Will and it's about this guy coming back to a high school and trying to figure out his place and like from the very beginning, I think the people watching the show and not everyone, because obviously there were people who enjoyed it, but like for the most part, it feels like everybody watching the show went, no, 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 this is about the kids. Give us the kids who sing.
2: Mm Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you're going to do the break them up, get them together, break them up, get them together. uh, Idea that's going to make more sense and is going to work better with high school kids mm-hmm. because at least you can have the argument well they're like 16 17 year olds you know that that happens so it's almost like guys for how you guys write stuff kid
1: teenagers are better just saying
2: mm-hmm. yeah stick with kids yeah.
1: mm-hmm. we definitely like Quinn's journey is realistic whereas Terry's is like weird caricature of like a panicking Woman who's losing her husband.
3: Yeah. Like, an are you adult telling
1: me making those
3: decisions? Up until the fake sonogram. I mean, it's
1: not normal for an adult
2: to, you know, fake a, a pregnancy and a bunch of like
1: facts to back up said fake pregnancy. I mean, I'm going to say a mentally stable woman in an emotionally supportive situation should not be doing that. Yeah. Which, Terry's, like, mental health is, again, not played as something people should be concerned about. It's purely played for laughs. Yeah. Like, her panic and anxiety over knowing her husband does not love her, like, is is strictly a humor-based storyline. Look how crazy this woman
2: went when she realized her, her husband doesn't love her anymore. Isn't that strange and
1: funny? Yay! I think, I'm I'm laughing so much at this.
3: I think the end of this fake pregnancy should have been the sonogram, like the fake sonogram. Like it should yeah. have ended. It should have ended here. It should have been revealed here that this was all that it wasn't true, because now we've like pulled a doctor in, and like I can't get past the legality of this guy lie <laughs> you know what i mean like up until now it's basically two people who know but now you've uh-huh. roped in a doctor it, it i don't know i just feel like this should have been in the end of it
2: <laughs> now, now you're starting to rope in other people and it's starting to get ridiculous and everybody in this town but will apparently knows now
3: right are we just gonna get to mm-hmm. a point where everybody knows yeah. and he doesn't i don't know well too, I mean, it's already too far, but if it had stopped here, I think it would have been less grotesque down the line.
2: Yeah, and it would have just been more more just sad in the, in the, like, you really kind of feel bad for, no matter how crazy the woman is for other reasons, just feeling bad for a woman that obviously is aware that her husband does not care for her anymore yeah. and is trying to make it work however she can. Um, yeah, I think that is, it...
1: that is what makes it really sad, because like, Terry's going to, like, ridiculous extremes, but, like, what she's afraid of is exactly what's gonna happen. Like, her fears are not unfounded. Like, no, if not. she weren't pregnant, he would already have cheated on her.
3: Yeah. Yep. Yep, basically. And, we, and I don't uh, think... I was gonna say, we as the audience have seen more intimacy between Emma and Will than we have Emma or um, Will and his wife.
1: Oh, definitely. And it's, it's it's something that they have mirrored like almost every episode in the Finn, Quinn, Rachel thing. We see more intimacy between Finn and Rachel, even though Finn thinks Quinn is pregnant with his kid. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just like, uh, even if they were going to like parallel the storylines, the adults should have been the more mature storyline that kind of sets the example. Instead of Quinn being the only mature character. And I say mature as, like, a stretch. But for this (laughs) this situation, she's the only one kind of looking at it maturely, like,
3: Mm -hmm.
1: how am I gonna deal with this situation?
3: Yeah. And, you know, losing popularity is, to us, such a a stupid thing to care about. But they're 15. Mm -hmm. She's a cheerleader. He's the quarterback. Like... That kind of concern happens in every high school. It's a real thing for people to care a lot about, even if you don't agree with it. So her desperation yeah, yeah. to stay popular makes sense for her completely.
2: I say us in our, in our casual thirties go low. Why? It doesn't matter. But at the time, sure. yeah, it does. At the
3: time. <laughs> Cause we were all super popular in high school.
1: Oh totally. I mean <laughs> all all
3: the parties. All of them.
1: Four nightclubs per night.
3: Just, look I, mean, I, I was a varsity athlete, so that means nothing.
1: Yeah, no, I was I was in the library all the time. Super popular.
3: Watched I, a lot of Star Trek. Mm, X Files. <laughs> I did my uh my not work study, but like you got to pick your elective where you were working somewhere, and I picked the library. Nice. Oh yeah. I, I, I already worked. I lived
1: in a library, so I think I picked a newspaper place to do that. I like it. I like it. My my after school job was shelving the library. Um, I lived in the theater. Mm. So you were the closest thing to an actual Glee kid. <laughs>
2: Perhaps. However, um, I can't carry a note worth the damn. So more like the um, more like Brad, but without <laughs> any ability to play a piano.
3: The shit Brad, oh, Brad. the piano guy, has seen.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was more me. Like, it was more scenery than um, than like Rachel. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. But uh you mentioned um previously, you know, Quinn Quinn having, you know, some characterization. And uh Emily I know you also mentioned this one being like the few times that we get to see more more with Kurt, which um I totally agree with. The being able to actually see something other than the gay kid.
3: Yeah, with I mean Kurt I would just say is- That, like, up until this point, Kurt hasn't been a character. And really the same way many of them aren't characters. Like, Tina's not a character and Mike Chang's not a character at this point. But, you know, look, because we have the ability to look ahead into the characters they become, it's just interesting that seven episodes into the first season, Kurt is just really a background character. He has a line or two per episode. That are often just um, quips they're not even seen seen leading lines they're just like responses um, and then it's not until the end of the eighth episode when he takes the slushy that he has it's like a moment where his character kind of begins to crystallize into a real person and I appreciated that because he was proactive and he was a team player and uh he he was selfless in a way that he isn't always later but also yeah. selfless in a way that really none of the other characters have been yet like he 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 showed um a level of uh not a, um he showed the relationship he felt with Rachel and the glee club through his actions and that's not always something we see yeah So it was nice. I appreciated it.
1: I I wish that Kurt's character continued along this trajectory because I've not rewatched season one in years. So I don't, I can't remember exact moments, but I do remember, I definitely did not like Kurt in the first season. And a lot of it had to do with his interactions with Rachel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like bracing myself for whatever is about to come that I know at the time I watched live, I didn't enjoy.
3: Yeah. I remember not liking Kurt and uh, to be honest, Kurt, is never my favorite character and i know he's a lot of people's favorite character and i i have moments where i like him and i have moments where i just want to slap him around a little bit um but he's never been yeah he's never he's never been my favorite i get why he is other people's but in this episode i was like yes that is that's a character that i think i could like and it yeah, like you said, he kind of goes off track from that from that track, and I would have liked to have seen more of that kind of development.
2: I think I know what what the off track you guys are talking about, but I will leave it for when it actually shows up. Um, I'm sure down. everybody else does too. We? We're we've all seen the show anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess the the slushy is is Kurt becoming a real boy.
0: And by real boy, I mean,
2: like, real boy. But I also, I wonder if part of the reason why we didn't have anything more with him to begin with was because he wasn't originally supposed to be in the show. And, like, they hadn't yeah. planned for him. And so, you know, the first couple episodes we had written out and this is what we had because this is these were the characters we were expecting to have. And we're just adding in a few things here and there for this character that we've added in late so we start to see more with his character later as as they're able to actually start reworking some things and adding a mm-hmm. character that they hadn't anticipated having in. Again, again, Grains of Soul, I'm assuming that people actually plan shit here and not just throw a you know, dart at a board, which we've already said they do.
3: Yeah. No, it's true. Let's see. Uh... Although, just speaking of those slushies... Did one uh-huh. where the where the fuck do you get a slushie in a high school? Is that a thing that other schools have that we didn't have? My like we're Slushie machine. Who had a slushie machine that was just? Are they paying for these slushies? Like, do these kids have after-school jobs where they can buy slushies every day to throw in someone's face?
2: I say informal poll. Uh, let us know if your high school had a slushie machine because what
3: the you, fuck did you guys have slushies? I didn't. Uh, and two did none of the other teachers care that this was happening openly in the hallways
1: i feel like the janitors at least should have been filing complaints about that i was saying like, it's not like it's not like,
2: like invisible
3: like yeah
2: there's there's a puddle of syrup on the floor
3: some sticky fucking sugar water on the floor that somebody has to clean be up you coming
2: to class purple
3: yeah you would have seen that and like i get that i went to a school that i went to and other people went to different kinds of schools but i feel like my school would not have tolerated slushies on the floor all fucking week
2: No. yeah if not if for no reason other than that would be ruining the floor
3: yeah, yeah. we don't have the budget like, to I fix, would fix that floor them.
2: yeah no, like even if you leave out the like concerned teachers and like what's wrong with our children and bullying, like no, that would be that would be staining the floor, and there's no way the principals would be okay with that. No also, way. The potential bug
1: issue there.
3: Oh yeah, like, ants. Uh, no. How you.
2: infested was McKinley High School with cockroaches and ants?
3: <laughs> Did you notice the one football player who like slipped and fell, like out of? Like below frame, no, but you could hear him fall. No, when they when they all throw the slushie at um at Finn when they're kind of leaving. One I don't know who it is, but one of them slips and falls, and you can hear him like hit the ground. Kind of I'm gonna pretend
2: it's Azumiya. Yeah.
3: I I just like that they left it in. Like they didn't do another take, probably because they didn't want to throw more slushy on Corey.
2: You know why? Because it fucking stains. Because <laughs> it's
3: gross. Uh, also, no. boo the appearance of Dave Kuroski. Go fuck yourself.
1: Uh, I was, I mean, like I knew it was coming, but I still Ugh. no. My
2: it's my like everything goes
3: wrong is, now.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. Question. Yes. Why do you think Dave Kuroski went from being a hockey player to being a <laughs> football player? <laughs> okay. uh, because,
1: because the writers yeah. forgot.
3: They either forgot <laughs> or it was a bucket logic where they knew they couldn't have a hockey team at this school as well and they're like just just put them in the locker room with the foot. just doesn't just doesn't fucking matter yeah other question
2: um midwestern high schools do you guys actually have hockey teams like is that a thing like i i I grew up with field hockey for like girls but like i did not know
1: high schools actually had hockey teams
3: i mean mine didn't but i'm i'm not from snow country
1: mine didn't even have field hockey so
3: yeah i'm gonna need to know from
1: the pretentious
2: northeast, so we had pretentious sports like lacrosse, lacrosse. yeah there's a lot of lacrosse
3: yeah but the shorts look good
2: <laughs> there's that i guess <laughs> cross hell yeah but yeah so uh another question it If you had a hockey team, let us know. Because (laughs) what school had that? Mm.
3: Yeah, I feel like these kids go to a very different high school than I went to.
2: Yeah. Well, considering they talk about Lima, like Lima losers or what at Lima, whatever. And it not being a particularly well-off area. But at the same time, you have a hockey team and i'm like and you've got like all this other stuff and apparently you've got like a variety of of costumes that you can you know wear every episode um so i'm not quite sure i mean what's going on with this high school i
3: mean they feel solidly middle class to me you know
2: i would yeah i would agree except for the random things that make me go but wait
3: yeah Like, the school feels solidly middle, middle, upper class just by, like, the cleanliness and the multiple sport teams. Although, you know, I don't know if anyone's taking, like, AP English in this school. Who knows? Can't fucking pass Spanish 101, so.
1: I I feel like uh, academics were never a strong point.
3: Uh,
2: 400 claim fix uh, can't be wrong and let me know that their academics aren't strong. (laughs) Also, uh, one, one note going back to uh, the slushies, I would like to call out all fic writers that complain uh, or have Kurt complain when he gets a slushie to the face that now his his jeans are ruined. Like, there's a thing called a washing machine. It takes a while, but, like, that shit would come out. Just saying. That's just Maybe red water. on a white shirt. I mean, it stains on some things when you don't wash them, but it would come out of jeans. I'm just saying. That's mm-hmm.
3: true. His skin tight jeans, the tightest jeans Blaine has ever seen.
2: I was gonna say that's getting epically
1: close to a Blaine reference. Ooh, can't help it. We do so well. Oh. We've earned a couple of them.
3: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, somewhere out there, Blaine is in school right now while this but is But what happening. grade is he in? Look. Oh, shit. <laughs> he's a junior right now
2: mm.
3: he is a year older than kurt and y'all can kiss my ass
1: <laughs>
3: uh, i'll never not be mad about it
1: but that's kind of fun <laughs> your anger is very amusing just uh,
3: can't can't do it your
2: anger is over. It's I'm almost I almost can't wait for the episode where we can actually literally start talking about Blade. And then it's like, no, but we can't talk about that aspect of him yet. We literally yeah. we're going to have to rein it in just just this episode. We can't yeah. just go off in general.
3: <laughs> Look, I already apologize for the things I'm going to say when Sebastian shows up. So <laughs> I know I, it's like me and five other people left who are like, yay. But uh, yeah,
2: oh, I no. apologize. I love him I, in, in a in a in a particular sense, which I think is different than yours. But I do love him, and I cannot hate him because, yeah, yeah I just I can't hate him. I understand why people don't like him, but uh,
3: but they're yeah. wrong.
2: <laughs> but I have a soft spot in my heart, not soft yeah. enough to ship, but soft enough to go. I don't hate you. Happy ending. Um, Somebody else.
3: I'll I'll ship it enough for all of us
2: like maybe Adam maybe
1: you should go find Adam (laughs) Adam see I I'm conditionally into the Kurt Sebastian
3: Uh, the condition
1: the condition is Blaine can't exist
3: that's fair because I'm definitely into Blaine Sebastian but generally Kurt doesn't exist yeah although later seasons when Kurt's doing his Kurt thing I'm like no 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 you go on you go have some fun, Blaine. You can come back to this later.
2: Like I would, I still would have been happy with, and I and I wanted the Blaine Sebastian instead of whatever actually happened oh, yeah, like, that yeah. I don't acknowledge. The
3: real, so, as far as I'm
2: concerned. Yeah, yeah no. I, as far as I'm concerned, that that's a legit thing. That's like, no, that's yeah. cool. I will be, and I'm sad it didn't happen. Um, but end game, I, I am, I am what I am.
1: But. uh <laughs> I, mean, and I, I feel like we've used up our blame quota for
3: okay we're done <laughs> so doesn't exist yet. i've got a i've got a way to bring this back around to the episodes go for at, it do it go for it at this point in time do you ship anyone on this show because i don't like just just where we are now episode seven and eight are there characters that you ship because none of them i i'm like fuck all of you guys
1: you know, this is, this is frustrating for me, because no, but I did write one singular glee in the first season.
2: Oh, yeah. Go on. Tell us more.
1: <laughs> see, it's not even that dramatic thing now. It's the kind of thing where I'm just like, oh, like, I see why I did that at the time, but it, it was, um, was it Quinn. To- oh, okay. No, it was Pucking Quinn, yeah. Uh, and it was toward the end of season one. Um... The baby storyline kind of like got me. Like that thing still exists on Live Journal somewhere.
3: Um, Ooh, let's do a live read.
1: <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll somebody, if you say it. It from that podcast, <laughs> um, there's a future Patreon perk for us.
3: <laughs> oh boy!
1: <laughs> Buy us all new microphones, and I'll uh, think about Dig it. Dig that one it. up. But yeah, so so I, like my original. <laughs> Yeah, my original viewing experience, at some point in season 1, I did want Puck and Quinn to get together. Mm. But I don't like watching it back now, I I like devoid of like those feelings.
3: I get it. You know. I, I get
2: have, it. I have some like bromance, not bromance, Um like well, like I want you know Matt and Mike to be like besties. And I never see that, but like, I don't ship them in a romantic sense, Mm -hmm. but more like you guys are, especially after the ride with me song where they were both kind of like dancing around. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was just like, I want to see you guys like talk, you know, after school and be like, let's perfect our dance game or I don't know, making up dance routines. Cause maybe that's just girls that do that. I don't know. I, I shouldn't stereotype. They probably do. Um, But yeah, I I wanted that, but not in a romantic sense. All that I see at this point, I don't like.
1: I I can see the appeal of Quinn and Rachel, but in a very, like, objective sense, I don't like Rachel enough to actively want her with anyone.
3: Yeah, but there are
1: also... I
3: was gonna say, like, even uh, I... Can see those little like moments, like by the locker and during the final song, Mm -hmm. where certain lines are directed at each other, which is a director's Mm -hmm. like that was purposeful. Yeah. Because it's Mm -hmm. a close up on their face. Like that, that was written. You can't just say that they were (laughs) like the actors. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I get it. I just wish Rachel was like a better friend that you could then do a nice trajectory of like enemies to friends to girlfriends. Yeah.
2: And also it's like I love Kurt at this point but I don't ship him with anybody because he looks like a 12 year old I can't do that so for me it's like I I want to like cuddle him and like pet him and mm. be like you're adorable you're so sweet you should like we'll go get facials uh, of the spa variety just to be clear <laughs> And um and like that's it, because he's just he looks so so young. So even mm-hmm. though Kurt's like and, and even and even when watching, he was my favorite, like I still didn't ship him with any of the guys because I'm like, I can't see you in that in that way,
3: because you just look so young. Yeah. Yeah, they do does look like a baby. He does. And I
2: mean he's still older than he would have been at this time. Like, you know, he's eighteen as opposed to like the fifteen, but I guess compared to everybody else's like twenty eight. The yeah, tiny to
1: the other actual adults.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is part so, of the reason why shoes touchy feely nonsense in that one song is like uh Maddie Fresh, you are supposed to be twice their age. So yeah. you could Yeah, imagine that, that
2: imagine that up against Kurt.
3: And <laughs> how Kurt looks at the movie. <laughs> Please don't. No. no.
2: Yeah. It's creepy. It's very fucking creepy. Hmm. So um, we have two episodes here. Uh, do you guys have any standout uh, songs other than the like "The Ride with Me," uh, which we've all agreed was like was a great song? But any of the other ones
1: that uh, that you loved? I liked Quinn's song, and and for the reasons that Emily talked about earlier, because it was one of those like direct transitions into an emotional like glimpse into her head
3: mm-hmm.
1: um and a I, I, I like that yeah
3: keep i liked. uh i liked keep holding on the final song or what was it keep Is that what it was yeah
2: keep holding on
3: yeah yeah the group number mm-hmm. i don't know it just felt like a class i like the song but it just felt like a classic uh glee auditorium performance that Even if the like most of the lyrics kind of directly tie into something that happened during the show. Yeah. Which I always appreciate. Because sometimes the songs, like, why are you singing this? This makes no sense. (laughs) Oh, you're singing it because it's a top 40 hit on the radio right now and you want to sell records. I got it. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay.
3: Those are the ones I liked. Um, I just had like a comment that probably no one else cares or even thought about but i had forgotten that sue has like that weird thing with rod the newscaster (laughs) and i was just like can i just get an asexual character can i just have like one aromantic asexual character anywhere on tv like is there anything about sue that ever says that she has the time care or concern for another human being
1: I mean, other she, than other than her sister, yeah, she would have been the perfect character to like show that not everything has to come down to romance for.
3: Yeah, she marries herself. Like, what? <laughs> I just, I don't know. I was like retroactively disappointed.
2: Well, what if, what if we go back to say maybe at this time maybe she is asexual, but was just still de- still dealing with things. And she eventually, within the the show, realizes, I really don't fucking care about that. I'm Sue fucking Sylvester. I don't need anybody. Fuck it.
3: Yeah, I just, I mean, that's like my fanon. But Mm -hmm. I would have have liked there to be a character, like Mandy said, that just doesn't, that it doesn't come down to that. Because most of the other characters eventually get boiled down to who is their romantic entanglement with. Like, who, who are you gen- fucking? Right. Yeah, yeah. That like that's generally how drama is built in this show is who's your uh yeah. who's your buddy this week? like?
2: Anyway. Uh oh, random random uh jump jump ahead. Um do we know who Sue's baby daddy is? Because am I am I remembering from a fic, Anderson? Oh, no, I, think I don't I think it was a fit. And I still like mm-hmm. the idea. That it was just, it was a donation. <laughs> and it was yeah. just like, a yeah. super Cooper baby from a donation. And I think that's amazing.
3: Uh, I think, I think that's Fanon. But. But it works. It works. I don't remember if they ever, like, name something.
2: Okay. Then I'm going with it because I think it's hilarious. And I could see her being like, I need amazing jeans." I need them donated. <laughs> you're dumb, but pretty, yeah. and you're pretty will just make my my child amazing, along with my amazingness and and smartness. So,
3: I'm going with it. I'll take it. I'll take it.
2: Yeah, sounds good. Again,
3: All right. a baby that doesn't come from a relationship.
2: Yeah, she did that herself. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't need anybody else with this baby? Sue Sue is complete. <laughs> he is like, yes. and that's all I wanted. Alright. Well, uh how would you how would you rate these episodes uh for Kevins? How many Kevins oh, would you give them?
3: I mean like half a Kevin.
1: Yeah. There was almost no Kevin.
3: He got yeah. to play bass. I, I'm, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm willing to give it give it I was gonna say half or even a third of Kevin. Can we give it like <laughs>
3: Well, if you give each episode a quarter of a Kevin, you get half a Kevin for the total. if
1: we're adding. That's Yeah. yeah
3: I but mean, if we you want to do it that way, or we can just average like three, you know, two thirds of Kevin. I'm not sure.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's been somewhere between a half to two thirds of Kevin. There's not a lot in this, which is quite sad.
3: This just feels like math, but if like one episode has half a Kevin and the other has like a third of a Kevin, where are we? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Although it to like, help but, us do math, <laughs> <laughs> I
2: I would have appreciated uh, mashup a little bit more if Bust a Move was done by was done by Artie. Why oh, didn't yeah. Artie? Yeah, five
3: hundred
2: percent. I feel like Kevin could have pulled that, totally pulled that off. So yeah. that was a complete mistake on Glee's part. Um, also, an
3: episode called Mashup that I'll doesn't have mashup. It doesn't it win. The episode is called Mashup and contains no mashups.
1: I know, right? That's true. Ugh, such a disappointment.
3: The, the show in general. <laughs> Just fucking in general. Yeah.
2: Just all over. All right. Well, we we've discussed Throwdown and Mashup and why Will continues to be the worst person ever. Why Sue isn't as bad as as others. You know, um, our thoughts on how Quinn is quite awesome and and where Kurt is going, and and uh, what are our thoughts on the songs or any any other any other uh, thoughts or ideas pop up and pop up in your heads, guys. That we didn't go over.
3: Uh, I'm sure there are. Oh, we did forget to mention that this is the episode that has Sue's um, kitty cat speech. Oh, that's
2: amazing.
3: Yeah. That I'll steal into your house and then punch you in the face.
1: Yeah, that
3: is. That joke was supposed to end with, I will kill the cat, but they changed it because it was too sad. I'm
2: glad they did because it's
1: uh, much funnier
3: this way. It is funnier.
2: Jane Lynch required they change it because she didn't want to say that she would kill an animal. So she she changed it. And I appreciate Mm -hmm. that because Jane Lynch is an amazing person.
3: Yes. Jane Lynch for all the Emmys.
2: Accurate, like I, I, feel, I I call what the fuck with Matt Morrison being lead actor, but if but if Jane Lynch submitted something as lead actress, I'd be like, yeah, okay, sounds legit. I'm like,
3: oh, I'll take it, I'll take it. I'm good with it. <laughs> this is now all about Sue. Cool,
2: cool. <laughs> this is gonna be an interesting show. Um. All right. So on the on the note of uh, Sue Sylvester giving you a cat and punching you in the face, <laughs> uh, I think. Uh, I think that's it.
3: Yep. Oh, and this, we're going to start doing polls of your guys' favorite songs of the episodes as well because we want to know.
2: Yeah, so keep an eye out for those so that you can vote and let us know what your thoughts are. And that's what you missed on Glee. <laughs>
0: at farmer's insurance we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things but to us a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with farmers you could save an average of 20 percent really my bundle of joy just makes a lot of drool (coughs) oh the joys of parenthood Visit farmers.com or call 1 800 FARMERS to get a quote today. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges
1: and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.
0: At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Whether it's a rear end by a clown car, <laughs> or a grizzly taking a quick dip in a pool. We know home and auto insurance, and we know you could save an average of 20% when you bundle the two. Visit farmers.com or call 1-800-farmers to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Report 2018 Nationwide Average Savings underwritten by Farmers truck, Fire Insurance
1: Exchanges and affiliates. Product's not available in every state.